Hi, my name is Darren from HGJ.tax. So on this channel, on our website and in our firm, we, we, we talk about all things offshore, all things international tax. Have a look at HGJ.tax and if and you can use one of the chat boxes to initiate a conversation with us, see if we're the right fit for you and you're the right fit for us, whether we can work together and whether we can help you deal with your international tax issues. So good morning from... Is it sunny? No, it's a bit overcast. Good morning from overcast Singapore. I've been here over 10 years helping clients navigate the the world of the, some, the sometimes confusing world of international tax. Before COVID, before the COVID lockdowns, I would probably travel from Singapore to Hong Kong every two months or so. Uh, I haven't been in a while and I'm hoping that after Chinese New Year, I would recommence my 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 trips to, to Hong Kong. It's a city I love and I look forward to seeing again. Anyway. So the reason behind this video, I was speaking with someone who was also based in Hong Kong. And, you know, they they had some interesting ideas. They were U.S. exposed and they had some interesting ideas around how their Hong Kong company should be treated from a U.S. tax point of view. So, you know, I, I thought I'd make this video. You know, again, this is not advice. But what I'm hoping to do is equip you with the right tools that you would need to engage with your preferred tax advisor. Obviously, the holy grail is, at least for any U.S. person, is you have uh, an offshore company in either a low-tax or no-tax jurisdiction, which is where Hong Kong comes in. Because once you uh, match the requirements from the Inland Revenue, uh, Revenue Division, uh, Inland Revenue Department, you should be able to claim offshore status for that Hong Kong company and therefore enjoy zero tax. So this is the holy grail. You have your company in a low tax or zero tax jurisdiction, you're earning money, you're making good money, you save it, you let it stay there on the balance sheet until you're ready to take a distribution, at which time either you, you know, you take it on some sort of bonus, you pay taxes on their tax rate as a US person, or you pull it out as dividends and you pay tax at, you know, well, there's no tax. The tax rate with China doesn't, I don't think it applies to, to Hong Kong. So again, if you're probably going to pay tax at ordinary tax rates. But anyway, so you pay tax, you can decide when you're going to pay tax, right? You're going to decide when you're going to pay tax. Uh, as opposed to, you know, having it and having to shoulder that tax burden every year. And that, that creates opportunities because some people say, well, you know, I'm going to leave it in the company and I'm going to reinvest in other opportunities. I'm going to buy real estate. I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff with this, with this untaxed income. Well, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that idea does not normally work. And we've spoken about this many, many times on our videos and our articles, but obviously, you know, it doesn't reach everyone. And there's still people who are U.S. exposed and they believe that they can generally set up a company in a low tax or zero tax jurisdiction and not pay any U.S. tax on it until there's some sort of uh, distribution from it. That is not usually the case. It can happen, don't get me wrong, it can happen, but that will be very unusual under very unique tax structures. But generally speaking, that ain't gonna work. And and this is something that the IRS figured out like decades ago. This is like old news. So I'd start, you know, when I'm having conversations, you know, I, I'd like to start back in the 1960s with subpart F, the section 952. So there's this 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 section in the code under 
subpart F, which I guess is where the, the term came from. And basically you're looking at foreign-based company income. So generally speaking, activity, when you incorporate a company, let's say in Hong Kong, it is doing business in Vietnam or Taiwan or somewhere else. So it's doing business in a jurisdiction other than that in which it's incorporated. So if you have a, a personal holding company income, generally that includes you know, passive income such as interest, dividends, rents, royalties, or even sale of properties as with health for investment, that income can be subject to subpart F as well. So basically, if it is that you control a company and you trigger subpart F, then you will be subject to tax on that company, even if you don't take a distribution from that company, even if you don't take salaries, even, you know, even if you don't pull the money out of the, the company, you're deemed to have done so. And you will be taxed on it at ordinary tax rates on your personal tax return. And if that was not enough in the 1980s of President Reagan, then we had uh, the, the creation of a, a designation called PFIC, which is Passive Foreign Investment Company, right? I think this is Section 1297. Now, this is where you have uh, a company that you control outside of the U.S., and more than 75% of their gross income is categorized as passive, or more than half of the assets in the company are held for the production of uh, passive income. So... You have a PFIC, same principles apply, even though you don't take a distribution, you're deemed to have done so. And this applies to holding gains as well. So if, especially if it's, uh, for example, you, you have an investment portfolio and you have shares in some company and the shares appreciate in value. Well, that's not a liquidity event. That's just a book game. I know it's just a book game, but you are deemed to have received that, that increase. So that, that holding gain, for example, will be subject to, to, to PFIC income treatment. And it gets really, really nasty if it is that it's a tainted PFIC as, i.e., you have a structure and you didn't properly declare and pay taxes on it to the IRS. Then there's some really aggressive throwback rules where you tax at your highest marginal tax rate. It's really, really bad. Uh, it scares a lot of people. So you don't want to mess with that. Pay attention to it. there's such a thing as PFIC. Speak to your tax advisor. Last but not least, you have the guilty, which is the global intangible low tax income that came under, I think, Section uh, 951A. This came under the Tax Cut and Jobs Act in 2017 under President Trump. So again, companies in low and no tax jurisdictions like Singapore and Hong Kong, if it is that you control them, again, even though you don't pull the money off the, off the balance sheet, you're deemed to have done so and you will be taxed accordingly. So it's kind of like imposing a minimum tax. So again, speak to your preferred advisor. These things do exist. It is highly unlikely that you have a structure with your offshore company as a US person that you control. And that includes nominees. So, you know, everybody knows that it's a thing, right? So the, the codes, the, the attribution rules are, are pretty slick. So it includes nominees or relatives, close relatives, they, they, you know, it can, it can include those, those categories of, of relationships. So please speak to your preferred advisors. And if you have a problem, you need to address that sooner rather than later. You can reach out to us at hj.tax and you can arrange a consultation. My name is Darren. See you soon. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.